So this morning we are starting our Advent season. We're kicking that off and we're going to begin celebrating Advent. Uh, we've got many weeks to go through. We've got, of course, hope this week. And then we're going to go to peace. We're going to talk about joy. We're going to talk about love, which is what the Advent season is all about. Amen. It's all about God's love for us in sending his son to us. When we think about that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, the only reason that that baby came was for that, amen? And so we can, we can have joy during this time and peace and love and hope because of a Savior that came who is Christ the Lord. And so I hope you're ready for the next few weeks. Of course, we're going to finish it with on Christmas Eve with the Christ candle. Uh, looking forward to that as well. I know all the, all the kids are enjoying. My grandson is enjoying all the lights that are going on around our, up around our neighborhood, and I know your children are as well. But this is the Advent season. It's a time when we look back at the first Advent, the coming of Christ. And we look forward with expectation to the second advent. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. And so advent season is amazing. The Old Testament, of course, they looked forward to his first coming. And we get to look back and to the future of his second coming. And so that's what we're going to be spending time over the next few weeks talking about. His coming. The hope that is in that. The peace that is in that, in a time that's not peaceful if you haven't started your Christmas shopping, right? In the joy that is in his coming, in the love that is in his coming. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that over the next few weeks. Advent is really a time to reflect on the, on the wonderful reconciliation that God had planned out for us before the earth was formed. Amen. It says that he had a plan, and we're going to talk about that plan. And so uh, we're remembering Christ's coming during our Advent season. Now, we have our preteens with us over the next few weeks. Usually, you see them running as fast as they can to get out and to go enjoy themselves. Let's not laugh about it. It's not that funny. Uh, but as soon as that slide comes on, if you're in the hall, please remove yourself. It's not safe when those, but the preteens are going to be with us uh, all through the Advent season, and they're going to be helping us by lighting some of those candles. And so, Miss Gabby, will you come up and light the hope candle for us this morning? Can you be trusted with this? Should I have talked? Okay, that's a no. So, do you know how to use those? Okay, so you got to, that unlocks it, and then that lights it. Whoa! They don't let you do this at home, do they? No. <laughs> so if you'll light that Advent candle, why don't we pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for this Advent season. Thank you for allowing us the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that can only come through your dear Son. Let us not Contain this within ourselves, this Advent. But let us be ready to share it with a world that needs to hear about hope and peace. 
peace and joy and the love that is in Christ. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Advent is all about reconciliation. God reconciling us to himself through his son. And as I said, that cute little baby came for only one reason. And that was to destroy the works of the enemy. Those works that had a hold on us for so many generations. And so as we go through our Advent over the next few weeks, remember that. Remember that babe in a manger had a purpose, no different than you have a purpose. I want to start with our verse that we're going to be using throughout the Advent season. It's in Luke chapter 2. It is the great section of verses that talk about Christ being born. Here's what it says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. In the first service I mentioned, you know, if we could see what was going on in the supernatural right now. I mean, we live so much in the natural, amen? We live in the natural. If we could see what was going on in the supernatural right now, we would be terrified. And yet, we shouldn't be terrified. Because we're part of that kingdom. Amen? We're part of that kingdom. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Not just some, but all the people. Everyone is invited into God's kingdom. Everyone is invited to enjoy the Advent season. The hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that is Advent. It says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared to the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. God pronounced hope, peace, love, and joy at the very first advent. And let me assure you, he has not taken that away from us. He has set that down upon us on whom his favor rests, and he does not plan on taking it away. Oh, sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we miss his favor. Sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm praying, but I'm not getting anything. Is the, is the wireless off? Is the telephone to God broken? I mean, I'm praying, I'm studying, I, I just, I'm just, I'm missing it somehow. Let me assure you, once he sets his favor down on you, he does not remove it. Can you run from underneath his covering? Oh, goodness gracious, can we? But he will never purposely remove that 
from you. Now, Advent means coming. It's derived from the Latin word Adventus. It is a coming, and we need to have an Advent within our hearts. A coming of Christ in our heart, so that no matter what's going on in life, because let me tell you, church, life happens. Has life happened to anyone in here, or has it just happened to me? Do you guys know anything, have any idea what I'm talking about? Life happens. So that when life happens to us, sometimes you don't even hear the bus start when it runs over you, right? So that when life happens to us, that favor that's resting on us, we never forget God is for us and not against us. Amen? Hope is actually used over 160 times in the Old and New Testament. People are always hoping for something, hoping for the, the coming of the Messiah, the return of the Messiah. Hope means to look and long for with surety, eagerly looking forward to what will happen. We eagerly look forward to his second coming, eagerly. Though we live in the natural, we don't allow the natural to decide the way we're going to live our life. We should be eagerly looking forward to his second coming. Advent is a time to look back at the first advent with joy and the promise of the Savior so many years ago. And at the same time, looking forward to the hope of that second advent when he returns for his bride. And I'm looking at the bride of Christ. Now, some of us may not be exactly dressed the way that we should be as the bride, but we're going to talk about God's process in our life. The process that he's moving you through to become without spot and wrinkle, the bride of Christ. Amen? Hoping and longing for his return. You see, they were hoping for an external Savior and received it. And it brought an abundance of hope. You have to think about, you read some of the Old Testament and some of the things that they went through, even some of the things that they went through in the New Testament, all you had was hope. You look at the exiles that the Jewish people had to go through when they were in Egypt, in Babylon, wherever they were in slavery. When the Romans came, it wasn't like there was a whole lot of freedoms. There was no voting. You did what they said. There was, they, they lived for a hope. But they had to have that hope deep down inside of them. Otherwise, there was no hope. Because it's so easy, even in today's society, to have your hope ripped from you. Amen? By circumstances, some totally out of your own control. Amen? Here's what an abundance of hope is all about. In Romans chapter 15, it says, May God, the source 
of hope fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you'll overflow with hope. Let me tell you something. This world needs some hope. Watch the news if you dare. Pray a bunch before you do. Right? This world needs hope. They need you to have so much hope inside of you that comes from God that it's overflowing onto them. Overflowing into their lives and into their situation. Now the Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I ask you today, what's coming out of your mouth? I want you to think about that for a second. Because what's coming out of your mouth is what you're putting in your heart. Tough question. I wonder what's coming out of my mouth. But whatever is coming out of this mouth, I know that's what I've been putting in. It's overflowing. What we should be doing is overflowing with hope. Something that we can take to our friends, our family. Anybody spend Thanksgiving with their families? <laughs> Thanksgiving with your family is so amazing, isn't it? Take hope. Don't take your problems. They'll bring them. Take hope, amen? And I know we're going into a season where we get to spend a lot of time with friends and with family. Take hope. Let it have so much hope in you that you're just overflowing with hope. That it attaches themselves, that hope attaches to them so that they can take hope to someone that needs to hear something amazing in their life. That hope can manifest in you and can be taken into a world with no hope. We need an advent of the heart. Christ coming to our heart. That word advent, coming, something coming to us. That we can hold inside of us. That we can take to a, to a dying and to a hurting world. Amen. I ask again, what are you speaking? The Bible says that life and death is in the tongue. So I ask, what is your tongue saying? 1 Timothy chapter 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God our Savior, and Christ Jesus our hope. Any other hope is not hope at all. Any other hope is, I hope this works. And let me assure you, it does not. Our hope is in Christ and Christ alone. Everything else, everything else comes to naught. Everything else comes to naught. Colossians says, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope 
glory. Glory has a hope, and that is Christ being so ensnared in you, so entangled in you that everywhere you go, you take hope. You know you've got those friends when they show up. Anybody remember the Flintstones? Man, I've used the Flintstones a couple times this week. The Foxes don't know anything about the Flintstones, so we're going to have to watch some reruns, right? Remember Slep Rock? Wowsy, wowsy, woo-woo, everything's terrible. Had a cloud over his head. You have friends like that, don't you? When they show up, you're like, oh, my goodness gracious. He's just going to bring us. Nothing's ever right. Take hope into that situation. Take hope into that situation. You see, the Jews were in hope that Christ would come, break the Roman rule over them, and they would be free. And yet they weren't free. Why? Because they still had to sacrifice. They were living under a system where the blood and bulls and goats would cover their sin for a short amount of time. And then the next year, what would happen? Happen again. Oh, yeah, I remember. I um, Okay, let's, let's turtle doves, blood, we'll do this. They were, they were praying that that temporary relief and feeling of sin could be once and for all taken away. What were the Gentiles in hope for? Well, if you remember, Paul went to Athens. He preached on Mars Hill. He said, man, you guys are really superstitious. In fact, you guys are so superstitious that you even have a shrine to an unknown God just in case we missed one. They didn't want to miss it on a technicality. That's superstitious. See, the Gentiles were looking for anything that made them feel good. Anything. Listen, we'll try the sun god, the moon god, the unknown god. We'll try this god. We got this. We got this. You want to talk about a Hail Mary, football fans. That's a Hail Mary. I'm just going to throw it out there, and let's see if anything good happens. And just in case, we better get an unknown god. Just in case. But that's not with us, amen. We won't be counted with them. We understand that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that's why God sent his son. So that we could have hope, but not to keep it to ourselves, but to share it with a world who, if you think the world was bad, who, who's old enough to think the world was bad in the 1930s, 40s? 50s, 60s, welcome to the 2000s, right? Every generation said, man, Jesus has got to be coming. It can't get any worse than this. And you know what happens? It gets worse than this. I've read the end of the book. It doesn't get any better, guys. We've got to have that hope deep down inside of us and prepare, be prepared to share our faith with those around us. Now let's talk about the abundance of hope. The abundance of hope only comes through, number one, God's presence. You want hope in your life, you've got to have God's presence in your life. That abundance of hope only comes through God's presence, not presence, not the next cool thing, not the next 
job, not the, not the next big thing in your bank account, not the next great job, the next car. I can't believe I said that out loud. Not the next great car. Kelly's not in here, I hope. Uh, not the next house. Not the next job. Not that next cool person that you meet. It only comes through his presence. Here's what Psalm 62 says. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. Your hope can only come from one place, and that is from our God. He alone is our strong tower in whom I can run into and find strength. Anything else you put your hope in, it's going to break your heart. That nice new car, you tell I've been bugging Kelly about a car. That nice new car, one day, it's not going to start. One day it's going to break. One day it's going to not going to be nice and new. That new house, it's just going to be perfect on the perfect block with the perfect neighbor. One day it's going to get old. That job that's going to give you so much fulfillment. I mean, this is the job. I've worked my whole life, went to college, studied, did everything for this job. One day it's not going to fulfill you. Husbands, wives, they're not always going to fulfill you. We need God to fulfill us. Why? Because when we have that hope, everything else is just smooth. Now, it's not going to be perfect, right? But in God, we find our hope. Isaiah says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Now, maybe right now, you're the, re you're the reverse of that. Maybe you're walking and you're pretty faint. Maybe you're running and you're pretty weary. Maybe you're not soaring with the eagles. Maybe you're walking with the chickens. I don't know. But if we put our hope in him, you can do all those things. So how do, how do we get ready for his presence? Well, we've got we've to spend time in God's word. We've got to prepare ourselves through worship. We've got to prep ourselves with prayer. You know, Pastor Derek talks, has been talking for some time about finding your 15. A time of worship, a time of prayer, a time of study. Listen, you've got to prepare for his presence. He's, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I like to use this every once in a while. Anybody ever remember AM radio? Don't raise your hand because if you do, you don't know. As a kid, I only had an AM radio, right? Because Raleigh and I grew up together and we only had AM radios. But, you know, if you don't have it just right on the, I mean, it's just got to be just perfect to get the, to get the sound. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Now, the sound is still out there. It's still happening. Right? It's there. You're just not tuned into it. God's presence. It's there. Sometimes you're just not tuned into it just right. Prepare yourself for his presence. It's one of the ways that the abundance of hope comes. Through his presence. So that why? So that you can soar with 
wings like eagles. So that you can run and not be weary. So that you can maybe just walk and not be faint. You notice we're going to talk about God's process, but doesn't that sound like a process? It's actually, man, I, I just want to walk. I'm not running this Christian race. I wish I was running a little faster. Man, God, just help me walk a little bit. And then maybe once I'm walking a little bit, then maybe I'll be able to run. And then someday, God, I just want to soar like eagles. I don't know where you're at in your walk. But I pray that you find hope so that you can do those things. The next number two is the abundance of hope comes through God's promise. God has promised us from generation after generation after generation. His promises are sure. They are so sure you can go to the bank on them. Period. May it not happen today? I don't know. Maybe it happens next week. Maybe it happens next year. Maybe it's next decade. I don't know. But his promises are sure. Here's what Psalms 119 says. My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. It says the heavens and earth will fade away, but what? His word will remain forever. You want to put something right here. Put your hope in his word. Not the promises or plans of men. I don't want to get into politics, but every new politician is going to bring us something even better. Bring us new hope. Bring us this. Bring us that. I've, I've failed to see it in my short lifetime. But this hope, a hope that is in God and in his, in his word, is steadfast. Lamentation says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Anybody need his mercies being new every morning? Not the mercies from yesterday. Not the mercies for tomorrow but just the mercies for today. They're new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. You can put your hope in that. That no matter what the world is saying, no matter what's going on in your life, and life will happen, we can put our hope in his faithfulness. Only God's promises are safe. Only hope in him is sure. Number three, this abundance of hope comes through God's process. God has a process that we have to go through. I don't know where you're at in his process. We're all in different places in his process. The process takes time. The process 
doesn't happen overnight. But there is a process to the hope of God. Here's what Romans says. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Now, I don't know about you. I wouldn't say I'm singing a song when it happens, right? I'm not thanking God for those things, but I'm praying that he helps me through them so that we can rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. I want to tell you, this is not one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because I don't like suffering. I'm not even all that big on perseverance. Because perseverance takes waiting. And it takes time. It takes a molding and a making of myself. You see, there is hope in the waiting. Man, it's never fun or easy. Read the Old Testament. Amen. Read the New Testament. But when you can persevere, it produces character. And if anything our country lacks today is character. Amen. I think we've gotten too used to getting it too fast. Does anyone actually go to the store anymore? Or do we order everything online because we want it today? Perseverance builds character. And character builds hope. Character builds hope because you've been through the tough times. And you know that even in the tough times, God is there with you. Building you up protecting you, covering you as only he can. Building that perseverance in you. Why? Because he wants you to build character. Character is more important to him than anything you can buy. Why? Because in your character, you build hope. Don't quit on your way to hope. You might be one step from where God needs you to be. Could you imagine a football team? I watched a lot of college football yesterday, sorry. Uh, they're on the one-yard line. You know what? Let's just call it a game. It's good. We're done. We're this close. This is, I mean, our fans would be okay with this. We'll just stop right here. I mean, we, we almost made it. That counts. Not at all. Don't quit on your way to hope. Here's what Romans 5.5 5 says to finish out the, that part of the scriptures. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Why does hope not disappoint? Because we've gone through sufferings, through perseverance, through character, to hope, and we understand that God in that process is still watching over us 
and loving us. His love, not the world's love. His love is watching over us. Here's what Romans 8.28 says. The next time you're going through something and you're like, I don't think God's listening anymore. I don't think God's, God's got my back anymore. He, God missed the party. Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Now let me back that up. You've all been called according to his purpose. Will you walk in it? Through suffering, through perseverance, through character, and through hope. If you've been called to a purpose, then you have to understand that there's a process to get you in line with what his purpose is for your life. We all go through things. What are you going to hold on to? What are you going to hold on to in those times? Only the hope of God. Only the hope of God. That's all. There is hope in the waiting. Whether it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Peter, Paul, King David, King Solomon. Pick your favorite character. They all had to go through a process. God's process. And we have to go through that process as well. We're all somewhere in our walk. We're all somewhere in the process. Some of us have just started. Some are kind of in the middle. Some of us took an off-ramp and said, I'm not doing the process for a while. I can't take this, God. Some of us are further along in our trip. Stick with the process. God is processing something amazing in you for a reason. And we're going to look at that here in a minute. Number four. The abundance of hope comes through God's plan. Not your plan. I know you guys are really smart and you guys have some really good plans. Right? It comes through God's plans. I mean, I know you've done all the math. You got it all figured out. You know exactly X, Y, Z. You, I mean, you got it all written down. But that's your plans. Your plans sometimes are not God's plans. Amen? Sometimes your plans are not God's plans. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. One of Pastor Derek's favorite verses, and he uses that verse all the time. Does anyone know what Jeremiah 29.10 says? Anyone? 29.10 says, now it's going to be set, I'm paraphrasing, this is the Beatty version, uh, unabridged. You're going to be 70 years in captivity in Babylon. And then I'm going to work my plans in your life. You see, when this was written, they were captives in Babylon. They were slaves. And God said, I've got a plan. 
You may not see my plan. You may not understand my plan. But I have a plan. Seventy years. He's working out the plan for the people of God. I mean, you got to imagine. You're in captivity. You're in slavery. you got to be thinking, man, God left us somewhere. We took a left. He took a right. I don't know where he's at. But we, we missed it or he missed it. Right? And yet the whole time that they're in captivity, Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you. You may understand, I've got a plan. I have a plan for your life. I want to tell you today, God has a plan for your life. You may not understand it. It may not make sense right now. But through prayer, through perseverance, through building character, on your way to hope, you can understand that his plan is good. A plan to prosper you and not to harm you. A plan to give you a hope and a future. I mean, can you imagine what they were going through? And God says, I got it. I got you covered. You may not see it right now, but I've got you covered. Here's a quote from Pastor Derek. When we see our hope in our future and future, we become a vessel of hope and future to others. What is in us comes out of us. Hope is contagious. What God is doing in you and for you is a testimony that can give others a hope for their future to come. But it's got to be inside of you. You are building a testimony that will change lives. A testimony that will change lives. Keep walking it out. Don't give up. Don't give up. The advent of Christ is part of God's plan to provide a future and a hope for the world. It says that the disciples turned the world upside down. I think it's time for his church to turn the world upside down. The time to take the hope that is within us out there. Because I've been out there and there's not a lot of hope. Amen, church? It's time for us to take that hope that he's deposited in you. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't have that hope in you yet. Find someone that has that hope. It's contagious. Catch it. Of all the things that you should catch and you don't need a shot for, it's God's hope. Amen? <laughs> Find it. I want to share an illustration with you. Many years ago in a mental institution outside of Boston, a young girl known as Little Annie was locked in the dungeon. Doctors viewed her as a hopeless case. But then a nurse who was nearing retirement began eating her lunch outside of little Annie's cage. Little Annie totally ignored her presence, but the nurse persisted to try and reach her. One day, she left some brownies, and the next day, they were gone. 
Sounds like my house. Every day she came, left brownies, and tried to encourage little Annie. About this time, the doctors noticed that this hopeless case was changing for the good. They moved her out of the dungeon and upstairs. And finally, she was allowed to return home. Little Annie was Annie Sullivan, who taught and nurtured Helen Keller. Ann Sullivan and Helen Keller had a 50-year mentorship because of a nurse brought hope into the situation. I challenge you today, where can you take hope where there is no hope? If we're going to complain about the world, you know why they are the way they are? Because we haven't taken our hope out there. They don't know any better. They have nothing. They base their hope on the next new thing. So if we're going to complain about the way that they are, it's because we're not doing what we should be doing and who we are. Amen? That hope that comes at Advent through Christ needs to be shared with the world. Amen? Who can you bring hope to? Why don't you just think of one person? Close your eyes for a moment, if you will. Think of one person that you can bring hope to. They may be inside your house. They may be relatives. It may be at work, school. I want you to think of one person, just one person that you can bring hope to. You see, Jesus came into the world to give us hope. To be purveyors of the Advent message of hope. Freely we have received. Freely give. Take the hope of Advent to the world. Don't keep it to yourself. When Pastor Derek and I were talking about this, he said, an abundance of hope is coming as long as someone is going. Go. Didn't Jesus say that? Matthew chapter 20. Go. An abundance of hope is coming as long as someone is going. Who is that someone today? Who is that someone that's going and is going to take hope? Take the hope that's overflowing in you to the world. I just want to talk about Abraham for just a moment. Romans chapter 4, it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. 
being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I don't know if you're in a situation like Abraham, but he hoped beyond hope. There was no hope. And yet that's what he hoped in. Why? Because he believed that God could. Here's what he did. Abraham experienced the fullness of what God had planned for his life because he experienced God's presence. Remember, he was a friend of God. He believed God's promises against all hope he hoped. He waited through God's process, the process that took many decades. He trusted God's plan. He was fully persuaded that God had the power to do a miracle, not just in his life, but in Sarah's life as well. That's what hope will do. I want to finish with Luke chapter 17. You remember, you know, Jesus, he wasn't always kind to the Pharisees and Sadducees. In fact, he usually called them brood of vipers, hypocrites. He didn't answer a lot of their questions, but he answered this question. They came to him and they said, when, the, when will the kingdom of God come? When will the kingdom of God come? I mean, he had been doing miracles, changing people's lives, and they're like, hey, when's the kingdom of God going to come? I mean, I, obviously they had missed it, right? And he answered, here's what Jesus said to them. He said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. They're not going to say, see, it's over here. See, it's, it's over there. No, 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 it's over there. No, 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 it's over there. Here's what he said. He said, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It's your job to take the kingdom of God, the advent hope, to the world. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? Why don't we stand? Let's just bow our heads and pray this morning. Maybe you need hope. Maybe you don't have any hope. Maybe you lost hope. Maybe you forgot it somewhere. Heavenly Father, this morning, I just pray that you would pour out as we go out into the world that overflow of hope that is in us can and will change the world for your kingdom for those that are looking for hope today
is never dimming, that is renewed every morning. For great is your faithfulness. Father God, during this others as only you can. In Jesus' precious and holy